0: This is your coffee break. Hey friends, I'm back again this week and I have with me Cheryl Muir, a media strategist for writers. So Cheryl, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited because I feel like marketing and book promotion really gets ignored in the writing process a lot of the time. We focus a lot on character development and plot, which are all very important, but then what happens when you're done writing this book? And so I'd love to start our conversation by just hearing a little bit about your background. Maybe if you could share a little bit of your story with our listeners so they can get to know you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to. So writing really became part of my life when I was about 15, um, 14, 15, sort of teenage angst kind of years. Um, <laughs> yep. I, I'd write out all my feels and... Um, I didn't know it at the time, but it was really therapeutic for me. Um, I knew that when I was writing, I felt good. When I wasn't writing, I was dealing with a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really cathartic for me. And that I started to gain a lot of traction and get published locally in like local journals and local poetry competitions and things like that. And I, d- I didn't really understand why that was happening. Now, of course, I know that writing is a massive part of why I'm here and and it's what what I do and what I'm meant to do. And then I was just thinking about this before we started chatting, actually, Sarah, and I had a gap of about a decade where I didn't write from Mm. the age of about 20, mm, I would have been about 16 through to 25, yeah, nine years where I didn't write at all, where I was, you know, partying and I had a lot of stuff going on and I didn't really know what I was doing with my life. We've all been through that. Mm -hmm. And um, then I started working in corporate public relations and... During my time in PR, and I know you have a, a marketing background, so so there's some similarities there, I, I knew that I enjoyed the promotion side, but it was the writing uh, gigs that I got within that PR firm that I absolutely loved. Um, so today, I kind of combine all of those things. I combine the writing of the books, I write my own books as well, obviously my clients are writing books too, with then helping them to promote. So what I do now is combining all those things that I love and all those things that I learned, but writing has been a common thread throughout all of it.
0: I love it. And I connect so much with what you say about writing being something that you feel like you're meant to do or called to do. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. What did that realization feel like for you? Because I think we have a lot of listeners today who are probably thinking, how do I know if that's what I'm meant to do?
1: You know what I think it is? People that are writers, we ask ourselves that question. We say, am I really meant to do this? But people that are not writers don't ask that question because oh. it's not even on their radar. <laughs> you know, if someone has a passion for cooking or a passion for I don't know arts and crafts or whatever it might be, they're not asking, am I a writer because it's not even something they're thinking about. So writers, we struggle with this self-doubt. And of course, it's an, it's an art form. So some people are going to love it. Some people are not going to get it at all. Some people are going to ignore you. You know, there's all kinds of different things that can happen. But it, it is an art form. And if you write and you're asking yourself that question, am I a writer, then you absolutely are. And if you enjoy it, just keep doing it.
0: I love that answer.
1: Thank I'm going <laughs> to but that's I, true. It's true. You know, I don't ask myself, oh, am I a Michelin starred chef? Am I going to open a restaurant? I know I can't cook. Like, I'm very <laughs> aware of that fact. Um, but with writing, we go, oh, I don't know. Mm-mm-mm. And we um and are ah because we have this self doubt. And, and I think there's that, that archetype, of course, of this starving artist and, you know, writing being a struggle and all of that. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of head stuff, a lot of mindset work that goes along with being a writer, because it is um, a bit of a, yeah, a bit of a head game.
0: Boy, I appreciate that so much. And you talk a little bit about writing being a struggle. Has it has it ever been a struggle for you? Even though it seems to come sort of naturally to you,
1: the writing part has never been a struggle. I think I've struggled the most. So just to give you a bit of background, I'm working on my first nonfiction book at the moment. I've written a lot of nonfiction articles in HuffPost and Elephant Journal and things like that. But this is my first nonfiction book. But I've written fiction books I've written novels the biggest struggle I've had is my expectation of how the novels were going to do they didn't do very well commercially Mm. but I loved those characters and it was so important to my journey of figuring out who I was and what I was about and what I stood for by writing these these characters and and their story so I think the biggest struggle for me has been the expectation of, of the commercial success and how I define success.
0: You talked about, you know, you've been writing since you were 14 or 15. I remember having my own dream of being a writer. And I know Stephen King has this, like, giant mansion with gates and, like, he's this super (laughs) successful writer. And I was like, well, obviously that's what a successful writer looks like. How has your definition of success changed?
1: Um. I keep coming back to this. This is another nudge from the universe. I think they were saying, "What is the definition of success?" And I I don't have a definition. I just know I feel free. Um, You know, at, at the moment, as I'm speaking to you, I'm in a cottage about 250 miles from where I actually live, and I have the freedom to run my own business and come here and write and work on my books and do other things. That, for me, is is success. Having that freedom and being able to write and being able to help other people who are writing their books. That feels like it feels good. I don't know if that's success or not, really, but it feels really good to me. Um, Yeah, I don't know if that answers the question or not.
0: That answers the question perfectly. And it's, boy, I just, I feel this like immediate connection with you because I'm going through the same thing right now. Like it's, um, I also recently left a full-time job to write full-time and just uh, the expectations versus the reality for what that Mm. looks like, Uh, the adjustment of success. You know, you go from thinking about rolling in cash to realizing that, I really like having a flexible schedule. I really like, yeah. and you talk about feeling good. We underrate that. And yeah. it's, it's, so, it's so important just to feel free and be happy in what you're doing. Mm.
1: I think that's it. If you feel free and you free ha- feel happy, which I do, I think that is success, isn't it? I know, I, I'm thinking aloud. I don't, I don't know the answer. Um, <laughs> but yeah, feeling free and feeling happy is a pretty good start, I'd say. I'd say so too. My gosh. Yeah. So tell me, tell me about your novels yeah I write kinky novels (laughs) kinky spicy books I I started off so I guess I've missed out a bit of my story so when I was working in PR I started writing like secretly under a pseudonym on tumblr Um, I was writing fan fiction and that's really how I got into writing um, fictional books and novels Um, I think fan fiction is really underrated don't get me wrong there's some there's some bad fan fiction out there but there's some bad books out there too you know um but what it is so cool because you can take a tv show or a book or a movie or a you know comic book universe or whatever it is take characters that you know that have already been created and then put them in your own situations and and experiment with with dialogue but there's already a character that's been crafted for you which is a really good starting point and a really good jumping off point, and then doing your own thing and putting them in an environment you choose to put them in, and, and all that sort of stuff. So I started writing um, fan fiction in the uh, the Gotham universe, uh, the TV show Gotham. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's what I, I know. You interviewed a comic book um, writer recently, and I just listened to that episode, and he was fab. Um, yeah. So I, I started off with that kind of you know comic book geekery and fan fiction writing, and then there was a particular fan fiction that I wrote that really took off within the community and what I did was I took some concepts from that and invented my own characters and I invented an assassin and then a British banker and they joined forces to take down this mob boss but it started life as a fan fiction and I don't think I would have actually gone ahead to write a book unless I'd had that idea I I sort of ran away with it and it ran away with me and it was never a plan to write a book but it became a book and it's something that I really really loved writing I just loved writing that book
0: I love you saying that it, it ran away with me because I think that's how <laughs> <laughs> all of the all of my favorite oh, things that I've written like they, they do they run away with you and you and they take you on this whirlwind adventure and it's it's just yeah. so incredibly exciting.
1: It's fun,
0: yeah, oh my gosh, and I agree that fan fiction is completely underrated and and that's how I began too, um yes,
1: I had a feeling I was getting the vibe I was like, I'm sure she's gonna dig fan fiction, I think <laughs> she's going to get it
0: <laughs> I do I get it, and um, and I know a ton of my listeners, uh and I know this because sometimes they they write in emails or or they they post on Facebook and say, you know, I'm a fan fiction writer, and they they say it like they're a little bit ashamed of it, and it's That's where you start. It's where you start. And I love that you say you started experimenting with these characters that had already been created. It's a safe place to Mm -hmm. begin. Um, It's a great place to begin. So, yeah.
1: I think it's fabulous. You know, if, if people are wanting to flirt with writing a little bit, taking a TV show or a movie or whatever that you're already really into, it just makes it so much easier. You're not having to go through character development. It just gives you a, instead of having a blank slate, which can be quite tough for a lot of writers and authors starting out, instead you have these little um, pieces that you can put together, if that makes sense. It absolutely does.
0: Oh my gosh, I love this. And so um, <laughs> you talked about PR for writers and getting your mm-hmm. book out there you write a book, what is your, what is your next step? Like, what, what is the very first step into this, into this new world?
1: Mm -hmm. What I always start with, with any of my clients, and and most of my clients write nonfiction, I imagine a lot of your listeners are writing novels and, and fiction, which is a little different. But what I always start with is, why, why are you writing this book? Hmm. And that might sound like a really obvious question, but when you understand what your intention is, then you can make a decision on the promotion. Like you might be just writing the book so, cause it's a bucket list thing and you love these characters and you just want to publish the book and then see what happens. In which case, you don't need to worry too much about promoting it. But if you are doing it because you, you want it to be um, the start of a, a career for you, you want to get your foot in the door, you want to ultimately get a book deal, and or you want to then build revenue streams around it, then it's a slightly different approach. So I always start with why, because then when you know why you're doing it, you know what your outcome is, and then you can see where you are, where your outcome is, and then you can design the steps in between
0: that's a really good place to start. I did content strategy for years for websites, and that's exactly exactly the same question that I started with on that side of things. Yeah. It's, just, it's a great strategic place to start.
1: Yeah, why are you doing this? What, yeah. what do you want to get from this, right? Yes,
0: and you sort of touched on realistic expectations I don't know if, if there is a ballpark that people can expect when they, when they start slogging through uh, PR and marketing and promoting their book. What, what does that realistically look like?
1: That's a really good question. Um, For me, I'm going to be completely honest and say my first novel sold about 100 copies and I was absolutely devastated because I I thought it was going to be like the next Fifty Shades of Grey. I was like completely convinced in my mind this is like the next big thing. Are you kidding me? Like this is going to take off. I'm going to be living in this big house. It's all going to be amazing. Uh Um, It's going to be made into a movie. Like, you know, the whole thing. But what I know now is the reason why I had to think that is because at the time I'd like to think I'm a little different now but at the time I was so caught up in my own ego Mm. that I almost needed to believe in that to fire a rocket under my butt and ultimately get the thing published otherwise I might have been like well it doesn't really matter whether I publish it or not but because I had these these I don't know illusions of grandeur or or ambitions (laughs) however you want to call it uh, because of that it really pushed me to publish it um it wasn't successful but as I've learned it wasn't meant to be that wasn't the point I was meant to write it to really just have that experience of publishing books and now of course you know I do that work anyway Um, so as far as expectations it's I wouldn't ever want to give someone a number but I would start again with that question of why and then set your expectations around that um if you want to go the route of getting a book deal you know your your publisher may have some expectations in terms of how many you sell and then you are promoting quite heavily but um it may not matter for some people how many they sell um you know if you're writing a trilogy or you know a five eight-part series it might just be let's get the first book out and then see what happens um it's really tough to say what to expect but um I would say expect the unexpected because I was certainly quite surprised my book didn't sell as well as I thought it would. <laughs> I
0: appreciate that. Yeah, appreciate
1: that's, just, that. The that's yeah. just the
0: truth. That's <laughs> just the truth. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, so book promotion. I think a lot of writers say, oh, I don't want to be salesy. Uh, mm. I, I don't want to uh, turn off my readers. I don't want to sell out. Um, what would you say to uh, to writers who are sort of in that mindset about book promotion?
1: Mm. what's really interesting about that is the people that I work with um they're in the non-fiction space so a lot of them are like coaches healers therapists people that really want to help and they have the exact same thing of you know even when I'm promoting this book I, I don't want to feel like I'm selling out like I'm selling my soul to sell the book so what I would say then is just share share parts of the book share what you're excited mm-hmm. about obviously if you have a book deal there's going to be stipulations of how much content you can share from that book and that might be in the contract but if you've self-published just share, share the story, share the parts that excite you, uh, share excerpts, do little um, Facebook Lives, do readings on Facebook Live, which I know terrifies most people. <laughs> yep. um, but yeah, share sections of it and share... If you're writing this book, you're obviously really passionate about these characters. So just talk about that. Talk about your passion. And just at the end of your post on Facebook or Twitter or whatever it is or Instagram, um, just underneath, be like, oh, you know, find the book on Amazon and then, you know, semicolon or arrow emoji. Here's the link to Amazon. Right. It doesn't even need to feel like selling. Just talk about it, because if you wrote the book, you're passionate about it. So just just talk about it. it. It doesn't have to feel like selling.
0: You, you can't see me, but i'm I'm nodding and agreeing with you <laughs> so much right now <laughs> Thank oh, you. yeah I people are drawn to people who are excited about things and and I've yeah. I found that uh, in my own sort of marketing experience I found that in my own writing experience and podcasting and all of this. people are naturally drawn if you're excited about something and you don't have to say, you know, you know, buy my book, buy my book that that, that gets a little mm. repetitive what sort of what sort of avenues you mentioned facebook live which i agree is i think probably fairly intimidating for many for many writers <laughs> um yes. as many of us are introverts but um what yeah. sort of avenues should we be looking down for book promotion is it um like facebook live is it social media is mm. it you know do we need to have a big ad spend what does that uh often look like
1: yeah it depends it depends on your genre it depends what you're writing but the question to ask is Who are my readers and where are they? Where are they hanging out? Um, where am I going to find them? And then go there. So that might be, oh, I know there's a really big um, you know, collective of romance readers on Instagram. So okay, what hashtags are those people using? How do I get my book in front of them? Um, go where your readers are. Um so it it becomes a bit of a it's almost asking yourself the question, okay, I've written this book, I love this book. If I was the reader though and not the author, where would I go to find a book like this? What hashtags would I use? Where would I be on social media? Who would I be following? That kind of thing. And then just position yourself in front of them where they are. It might be just one social media channel as well. You don't have to be everywhere. You don't have to be on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. I mean, I am, but you know, I'm kind of the the PR gal, so I sort of need to be, but... Um, you don't have to be everywhere focus on one channel and grow that as much as you can, be consistent be present, if you're not able to post something every day that's totally fine but uh, be consistent, maybe that's every three days maybe it's once a week but give people that uh, regularity of posting your, your content and talking about your book and, and talk about your the milestones of your book bef- long before it's ever published if you are trying to gain traction and gain people's interest in your book and they've never heard of it it's really tough it's a really steep uphill climb whereas if you've started to share um, about your book six months before it's even out people feel involved and feel invested Um, it can be as simple as um, you know I wrote 2000 words today or had a really great day writing or just just little seemingly innocuous updates like that plant that seed that you know Cheryl's writing a book Sarah's writing a book you know people start to think about that and then you say oh we're designing the book cover today or I've just sent it to my editor or I'm feeling really nervous or whatever it might be whatever's true for you and include people in the process which doesn't have to feel difficult and it doesn't take much brain power to you know you don't want to be sat down at your Mac and say okay I've got to think of content what does it have to be just share what's happening document what's happening and post that.
0: I love that. Document what's happening. People love behind the scenes. They love, like they you said, do. feeling like they're part of something. They love getting wrapped yeah. up in that process. Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. And make it visual, too. Like I um, took a picture before of where I'm currently sat with my Mac and my microphone and I'm on a sofa to pad the sound. (laughs) Um, So I took a picture of that and posted it on my Instagram stories, Um, you know, just a little behind the scenes. And people love to see behind the scenes. It's like you're opening door into your home and people really love to feel welcomed in that way.
0: I like your use of the word welcomed. This is good, and I think this is a key to why you're successful. The warmth, the sort of coaching mentality, uh, Mm. and and even talking about empathy, putting yourself in your potential reader's shoes. Where are they? um, You know, what are they doing on social media? I think that's that's really important to help invite people into your space, draw people in and get them interested in what you're doing.
1: Yeah, because nobody really wants to feel like they're being sold to or that someone's just you know tooting their own horn all the time like nobody really wants that but if you just share the process with them be warm be welcoming or whatever's true for you if you're not warm and welcoming but you're <laughs> a very you know bold opinionated brash person be that be who you are um i remember doing a, an interview with um ryan campbell on his podcast and we were talking about this um last year and he was saying well how do i write my content on twitter what should it sound like like what tone should i use and i said well how do you talk write write as if how you talk like that that's how your content should read it should sound like you um it's not about becoming a character on social media it's just about trying to find these tools that express who you really are so that might be video for you it might be uh, instagram images it could be written posts on facebook of course we're all writers so that's easy for us um use whatever feels good but it should sound like you
0: i appreciate that it sort of removes the the burden or the barrier. Uh, You you think about like, oh my gosh, I have to write all of this extra stuff. I have to spend hours Mm. crafting content for social media. It's no, no, just, just be yourself. Give genuine updates. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's all people really want. And There's so much fakery on the internet. I mean, my goodness. You don't need more of that. Just be you. If you're weird and goofy, I love weird people. I shouldn't really say that on a podcast. I'm going to get a lot of really interesting followers now. (laughs) I love, like, kooky, you know, goofy, nerdy people. I love that. So if that's who you are, show that. You know, if you always write with your cat sat next to you, then show a picture of that and be like, oh, I've got my assistant with me today or whatever. Silly things like that. I get people um, private messaging me and saying, oh, you haven't posted a picture of Mowgli recently. That's my cat. Is he okay?" I get people asking about my cat, which is so lovely. Um, But, you know, it really um, invites people in and lets people know who you are and they feel like they know you then because they do because you're being yourself.
0: This is so wonderful. You're giving so much wonderful, wonderful advice here. Oh,
1: thank you. Thank you so much.
0: I want to say that you are also a certified life coach.
1: I am, yes. <laughs> one of my many hats.
0: You write, you do PR stuff, you do life coaching. Um, mm. One of the themes of this podcast is work-life balance. And I am, how, how do you do this? <laughs> like, how do you, how do you um, make all of this work?
1: Well, I'm not married and I don't have children, so I will confess (laughs) that that does make things a little easier. Um, People that do this and have a family as well are superheroes in my eyes. I do work a lot, but it doesn't ever feel like work. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think from someone on the outside looking in, it would look like I'm always working, but it never feels like it did when I was in the corporate world. It feels very different. If I ever catch myself at the computer and I'm feeling resentful, that's always a sign that something's gone awry um you know if i if i have maybe a client that's you know pushing some boundaries i'm like okay what's this trying to tell me what do i need to adjust um and i self-care really hard you know i i go to the gym i eat well um i have to get enough sleep or i can't like i can't function without my sleep so there's some things that are non-negotiables for me um yeah i do work a lot but i really enjoy it um I just went for a walk by the river Thames just now. Um, I sound like a caricature of like a typical <laughs> English person. I'm not doing anything for the stereotype at all. Uh, no, no, was just walking by the Thames and there was someone like rowing a boat. There were like people walking their dogs and I only went for a walk for about an hour, but that really refueled and recharged me for the day. So just, yeah, work life balance. It's, it's a funny old topic. I feel balanced and I feel healthy and I feel good. Um, What I do might not work for everyone, but I've made it work for me and I've made it work for me by finding out what doesn't work for me.
0: And what doesn't work for you? It sounds like maybe the corporate world was not a a great fit
1: yeah yeah it didn't work very well for me at all um yeah what doesn't work for me is feeling boxed in um Mm. which is why I do so many things um a lot of people that come to me are very multi-passionate meaning they have lots of different interests I've never positioned myself as a strategist for multi-passionate authors but they find me because they see that I'm you know a bit of a Heinz 57 and I've got (laughs) all these different interests um but don't we all don't we all have lots of things that interest us I just show everyone you know all the things um so what doesn't work for me is feeling like I'm boxing myself in um so I've got to make sure that what I'm doing is always interesting all the way down to this is really nerdy by the way um but when I write my to-do list for the day I always put why underneath it like when I put my task I put why like why am I doing this and stay very intentional because if I'm doing something that feels really monotonous it helps to see if there's a purpose behind it conversely if I'm doing something monotonous and it really doesn't move the needle or doesn't contribute in any way then I need to stop doing that thing
0: that is amazing okay my next question is are we secretly the same person
1: I think I think we're like made from the same stuff yeah (laughs) we are the same creature I know that's why I reached out to you because I was like wow I really want to talk to her like she seems like really smart like she's a writer and she's kind of nerdy too Um, I think we have to chat I I love this
0: having a why or a reason next to everything because I'm the same way I work off of uh, task lists every day and try to keep things in balance but I have a really hard time prioritizing and understanding if what I'm doing like you said moves the needle or is important or significant and so um, I I feel like this is this is turning into like my own personal gab session here so I should (laughs) hopefully people enjoy listening to us. I'm having fun I don't know well no I hope so too and I'm sure they are Going back to the whole PR thing, at what point should authors or writers think about spending money on advertising, or should they be thinking about that at all?
1: Hmm. I don't use advertising as a tactic because it's not really the PR way. Mm. Um, I think you can gain, or I, I know you can gain a lot of traction from social media alone. Again, it comes back to the reason why you're doing what you're doing, and it depends whether you're writing fiction or nonfiction. Um I will tell you, though, one of the biggest mistakes I see new authors make, which is they either don't promote at all or when they are promoting their by promoting. I just mean the sharing that we talked about previously. Um, they're either not doing that at all or they're, they're being almost too salesy. And the, you just see someone's Twitter feed and every hour they're tweeting out, buy my book for ninety nine cents. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that repeatedly. Um so what I advocate for is creating a personal brand which is what we've really been talking about this whole time even though I haven't used the phrase personal brand it's um having a headshot like like yours you know your headshot with the mug with uh, the right now mug mm-hmm. like that's personal branding right it shows who you are um it gives people an idea of what you do so it's it's using like visual cues in photography and I, I do a, like a whole thing on this when I work with people one-on-one um but images are really important so you have to almost if you really want to succeed as an author i hate to say this people are not going to like this and be very unpopular but um when you if you really want a career as an author and be successful at it you've got to think like an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and entrepreneur doesn't have to sound really dry or really boring or conversely really aggressive and and uh, masculine but you do need to think about this strategically and say okay so if i'm going to spend i don't know two grand on an editor am i going to make that back in my first book in royalties Mm. possibly not but it's an investment okay so what can I learn from that editor that I can then use for books two three four and five so I make it back over time so it becomes an investment not just sinking money into the hole right so that's what I mean by like that entrepreneurial sort of mindset thinking about it as not just a hobby but something that you can do and that will support you Mm. if it's what you're really meant to be doing how do you make it work for you can you have other revenue streams? Can you start a business helping to coach authors? Once you've got a book or two under your belt, you're already, you know, two years ahead of people that have never wrote a book. Mm-hmm. So then can you work with the people that are thinking, I want to write a book. I have no idea where to start. Okay, great. I do because I've been through the process several times. So let me help you, right? So it's thinking about it that way um, because I i don't know what your experience has been, but with mine, like royalties, I could not pay the rent off royalties <laughs> alone. So, mm-hmm. you know, you've, you've got to think about it. And what I will say is, if people want to stay in their day jobs while they publish a couple books, that's entrepreneurial too, mm-hmm. because you're making that decision of this is what I need to do to support myself right now. And and there's no shame in that at all.
0: Absolutely. I'm just, I'm, I can't say anything more, but absolutely.
1: <laughs> I went off on a, a mad tangent. I don't even remember what the question was. I think the question was about PR. That's but, Yeah. <laughs> in, no, this anyways, is great. Yeah. Like you, you do, you have to have that mindset of, okay, how am I actually going to make this work if it's not, you know, And it might just be a hobby for people. They might just want to stay in their day job and be really, it depends. Okay, I'm going to get life coaching now. Okay. It depends. <laughs> it depends what, what motivates us and, and what we what our beliefs are. So if I really value freedom, for example, if that's one of my top values, which it is, um, I'm going to put that above every, everything else. Other people might value uh, security and stability. So they might want to stay in their day job, um, you know, for for a good number of years and write their books. And they know that their purpose is writing books, but they stay in the job to support them. And, and that's fine, too. So it's just deciding what works for you and how you as long as you keep writing. That's the main thing.
0: Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. If people want to work with you, if they want to buy your books, any mm-hmm. and all of the above, what do they do? Where do they go?
1: Sure. So they can find me on all the social medias. That's Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And my handle is at Cheryl J. Muir. And you can also find me on my website, which is Cheryl
0: Wonderful. I will be sure to link to all of those in the show notes for today's episode, as well as include, gosh, several of these. You are so quotable um you just (laughs) thank you I've never
1: been called quotable before I really the PR person in me really loves that
0: well I want I want to make like t-shirts with your with your quotes on them they're just they're just so great let's let's have a joint venture that sounds like a good (laughs) opportunity for us both I agree oh my gosh but Cheryl, thank you so much for appearing on the show today. You are you are a national treasure. You are I don't even well, I guess international maybe since you're across the pond.
1: I will um, be telling the Queen. I'll see if I get an invite for the, to the royal wedding. I doubt it, but I'm going to try. I'm like national treasure, as my teacher. Do your best. Um, <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Thank
0: you so much for appearing on the show today. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your honesty. I know my listeners are going to be so grateful for your expertise.
1: Oh, it's my absolute pleasure.